This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome to our second hour of the afternoon and early evening show. Uh, obviously, we've got uh, been going through a lot to catch up on so much activity over the weekend and the day, given what's happening in Denver and how closely we're monitoring the show trial to take Trump off the ballot there. I want to bring in Dr. Bradley Thayer. First off, uh, Dr. Thayer, we've got a lot to go through with you. I want to, you've written a number of great pieces and a lot of great analysis that we haven't had a chance to get to during the speaker's fight. but since this week is going to be this huge fight over the funding and we're bif- the bifurcation of Ukraine from uh, the, the spending in Israel, also in the fight on the southern border. Let's pull the camera back for a second. Give me an establishing shot. The CCP, their hand in all of this, in this massive misdirection play to get us sucked back into another Middle Eastern war at the same time that they're making huge moves in the South China Sea and in the ramp up to their assault on Taiwan. Just, just give, me a, uh, give me a couple of minutes on the CCP and the Persians. Uh, for, uh, first, we need to recognize, as Reagan did in March 83, when he called the Soviet Union the focus of evil in the modern world. Uh, he called out the Soviet Communist Party for what it was, uh, an evil and malevolent force uh, that oppressed the Soviet people, people of the empire, and was a major threat to international stability and, and um, American interests and the American people. So too, today, the CCP is the focus of evil in the modern world. It's the center of gravity of, of uh, the major national security threats the United States faces because of its evil nature, how it oppresses the Chinese people, why it's a direct threat to American national security, its support for Russia. For example, Russia would have never invaded Ukraine if they had not gotten the green light uh, from communist dictator Xi Jinping. Iran would have never supported Hamas uh, and other entities like Hezbollah uh, in the attack against Israel if they had not been green-lighted by communist dictator Xi Jinping. So we need to recognize uh, that Reagan uh, was certainly right in his characterization of communism as an enemy. Soviet Union is dead. However, the Chinese Communist Party, sadly, is still very much alive. And that's the locus. That's the center of gravity of this unrest. Their support for Tehran is going to be ongoing. It's far more than just support for the nuclear program or oil, natural gas purchases. It's Iran as a weapon Uh, to be used against the United States and U.S. interest, just as Hezbollah is, just as Hamas is, and just as Russia uh, is. Uh, They're all tools. Also, Steve, very importantly, as you've stressed before, this is distracting us. There's only so much bandwidth that the U.S. intelligence community has or our allies have or the U.S. military has to be focused on Ukraine, to be focused on uh, the Middle East and Southwest Asia, means we're not looking at Taiwan, we're not looking at the Philippines. Uh, we need to anticipate that Xi's not done as, as an arsonist. He's going to light more fires on the Korean peninsula. It's quite likely North Korea is going to tr- uh, try something to cause a crisis on that peninsula to further occupy our attention uh, in preparation for moving against Taiwan uh, and or the Philippines and further expansion in the South China Sea. So he's getting what he wants in terms of distraction. The last point is he's also doing this because he's supremely vulnerable, and he knows he is. The fact that he's had to replace ministers, so many generals, so many ministers, uh, formal uh, uh, officials, um, is all because he recognizes that um, He's vulnerable uh, to being overthrown. And so in a paranoid fashion, he's tightening his grip on the Chinese Communist Party leadership. Hang hang, hang over a second. I want to make sure I want to make sure people understand this. 
he's because his economy is quite frankly beyond shaky given the Ponzi scheme they've been running in this moment. He knows that he's got he's got to gin up uh, Han nationalism, Chinese nationalism to a fever pitch against the foreign devils to focus on the reunification with Taiwan. One of the ways he's doing that is a long term strategic plan on the consolidation of the Eurasian landmass with the Persians, with the KGB, with Erdogan. Erdogan came out this weekend and showed us his true colors, right? In that moment, what I find surprising, in that moment, when it all has to converge and come together, why does it look like he's decapitating part of the PLA's leadership, which he's been doing for the last couple of years, but now even at the moment of crisis, the moment of battle, and also... Other, it looks like senior members of the regime in both the areas of finance and commerce, sir. Uh, because of his profound insecurity. He knows he's illegitimate. And so what he's doing is, in a paranoid fashion, he's tightening his grip uh, on leadership through the anti-corruption campaign, uh, uh, Steve, which he's been running for years. It's a way of, of getting rid of his uh, enemies, real or imagined. And then with the leadership. Uh, the embarrassment of Hu Jintao in October of 2022, where he was ejected in front of Xi Jinping uh, and, uh, and the, the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party uh, leadership. This is an individual who recognizes that, as you observe, the economy's in real trouble. He's got profound social problems, but his greatest crisis is the illegitimacy of the Communist Party of China and his rule uh, over it. So we need to expect, as you said, that he's going to be looking at other causes, other elements in the uh, in international politics, attack against the Philippines, attack against Taiwan, further expansion against India uh, or and in the South China Sea or against Japan or the U.S., right? We need to recognize Guam's a target. Uh, Hawaii is the United States homeland itself uh, is a direct military target. Uh, of the Chinese uh, Communist Party, there's a lot of trouble uh, um, uh, ahead uh, as he moves forward. That's why this is the time to get rid of him. This is the time to put pressure on the Chinese Communist Party uh, to evict them uh, from uh, from power. Sadly, we're not focused on the center of gravity, right? We're focused on other issues, however important or the humanitarian component there. The center of gravity in a strategic term is Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. And that's what we need to get rid of. And that's going to improve. Is there, uh, any, is, is, there any, is there any doubt in your mind, when you look at the evidence, that they are in back of the Persians, because the Persians are the lead element there, right, with the proxy armies and the, and the Houthis and the missile attacks, all of it, that their long-term, this kicked off with their, the PLAs had a long-standing relationship with the Persian army but that the underwriting of the long-term output deals that gave the mullahs actually the wherewithal to do this. Is there any doubt in your mind that the CCP is in league with the Persians to start this second front and to distract from, you know, they've got the chemical warfare attack with fentanyl and, and, and the invasion of the southern border with military age, uh, fighting age males from mainland China. You've got, you've got this front in the Middle East and now in Ukraine to distract the Americans from the principal focus on Taiwan? Not at all. Of course, Iran would not have done this if they hadn't had the backing uh, of China because Iran recognizes that it could escalate. Uh, that they could e quite easily find themselves in a conflict with the United States and its allies uh, over uh, this struggle. And if that's the case, then they're going to need help. Russia's not going to be able to offer uh, the sufficient help. It's only China uh, that would be able to uh, offer that help. So uh, they know what they're doing in Tehran as well as they know what they're doing uh, in Beijing. But Tehran is a sideshow, Steve, right? The center of gravity is Beijing. Uh, and that's where the focus ought to be to deal with the threats, uh, so many of the threats that we face uh, in international politics. As Reagan recognized, the Soviets were that center of evil. They were the focus of evil in the modern world. So, too, we need to recognize, we need to have leadership. We need to recognize that Beijing uh, is in that role uh, today. 
And if you get rid of that issue in Beijing, if you if you restore the greatness of the Chinese uh, uh, people uh, uh, to themselves by eliminating that odious and Western ideology, which is Marxism, uh, Leninism, uh, then you're going to see that uh, Tehran is going to be in big trouble. They're going to recognize uh, they can't do what they've been doing in terms of their arson. And, and Russia uh, will uh, as well without their uh, a Chinese uh, ally. So the center of gravity is everything. And we need to maintain that, uh, obviously, front and center in our strategic thought and planning. Um, I want to go through because I know people that um, I, I've heard now this from not just from Miles and, and other people before he went to jail or people around him. I now know it from multiple other sources that Wan Shishan is spending a, an incredible amount of time. Remember, he's kind of the theoretician of, of Xi, but he's spending a tremendous amount of time over the last couple of years on this topic of legitimacy, of legitimacy of the Chinese Communist Party. Why would, would, would power players like Wan Shishan and Xi who run the whole deal. Why would they, 70 years after the America turned it over to Mao Zedong, the State Department, the communist-infested State Department and General Marshall, turned over the Chinese people, Lao Beijing in mainland China, to Mao and the Chinese revolutionaries? Why would they, at this late date, walk us through the sources of legitimacy? I keep hearing that he is going through a, he's a very bright guy, as you know, going through a massive, I mean, Bloomberg introduced him in Shanghai, in Singapore a couple of years ago as the most powerful guy in the world. Why would Wan Shishan spend a second, given their grip on things and their master plan rolling out through all of, uh, all of the Eurasian landmass with one belt, one road, and having the Americans that look like distracted and spread all over Hell's Half Acre? Why would they spend, why would a guy like that spend a second? on the sources of legitimacy of the Chinese Communist Party? Because he knows the Chinese Communist Party is illegitimate. It's a product of a Western ideology, Marxism, Leninism. It was imposed by the Soviets and the Communist International, uh, whose uh, support really uh, allowed Mao to come uh, to power. Uh, and uh, there was no mandate from the Chinese people. There was no voting. Uh, the Chinese people didn't vote for this uh, in any capacity. And the malpractice and gross human rights abuses they've committed against the Chinese people year after year after year, the aggression that they've had in international politics against Tibet immediately in 1950, while at the same time fighting the U.S. October 1950, they're conquering Tibet and they're starting their intervention uh, against the U.S. and U.N. forces uh, on the Korean Peninsula. This is a hyper-aggressive and illegitimate uh, regime. And because they know that they're illegitimate, they have that sensitivity, right, which is why he's constantly discussing that issue, why it's always in the back of their mind, why they always talk about their greatness at the same time talking about how oppressed they are, right? It's either one or the other uh, in terms of it. So they recognize that they're illegitimate and they recognize that they're vulnerable. Uh, and by having a variety of, um, of distractions, uh, they've been saved uh, time and again, either by American governments or uh, spies or other actors. But Steve, it's also key just finally to recognize uh, as well um, that uh, the, uh, although they're held in place by terror, they're held in place, of course, by this advanced uh, surveillance state, um, like the Soviet Communist Party, uh, they can also fall just uh, as rapidly. They can collapse uh, just as rapidly if we're able to bring pressure against them by supporting the Chinese people, by working through the diaspora, by people of goodwill, and by American leadership, uh, American and allied leadership, uh, we'd be able to bring them uh, under pressure. But sadly, we're not. So again, it's a lost opportunity while he's undergoing these protests, while you had the blank page protests, if you remember, starting just about a year ago, almost a year ago uh, now, which uh, uh, lasted um, uh, so long and, and that uh, in terms of post-COVID lockdown uh, protests, but they were really a protest against uh, the regime. There are all sorts of opportunities that we have if we could capitalize on it 
uh, to decenter uh, this regime, to evict it uh, uh, from power. But it needs leadership uh, and it needs support. Um, and uh, sadly, we're, we simply don't have it. So time and again, this is another lost opportunity, as in 1989, as in 91, 92, 93, there was a similar opportunity. Uh, it's just going to pass. Uh, and these guys uh, seem to have um, uh, another opportunity to uh, remain in power. So that legitimacy issue is front and center because they know uh, they're a gang of thugs uh, and they rule by tyranny uh, and they have no place as communism does have any place uh, in the uh, 21st uh, century. It belongs certainly on the ash heap of history. Reagan had a plan to bring that about against the Soviets. Sadly, we don't have a plan to bring that about against the Chinese Communist Party. Um. I want to talk when you talk about not spies, but also assets and in in and, um, and, um, the people that the CCP uses all the time. I want to be very specific about Pillsbury. Michael Pillsbury's got a one of the big slots over at Heritage. Supposed to be a leader. He was in and out of the White House all the time. He wrote a, a terrific book, what the Hundred Year Marathon, which I thought was a good primer to get people to think about it. But he's always pulled his punches when it comes to. The hardcore like ourselves, which the the the, the C CCP is the focus of evil in the modern world and must be taken down. That you're not going to have peace in the world while you have a criminal element uh, ruling Lao Beijing out of out of Beijing. So walk me through walk me through um, walk me through Pils Pillsbury's in, in Beijing and been sending us some tweets and some commentary that is quite suspect. Can you walk me through that, Dr. Bradley Thayer? Uh, sure. Uh, uh, Mike Pillsbury and Joe Nye uh, both offered comments at the 8th uh, China Global Think Tank Innovation Forum, October 23rd, uh, and so about a week, a, a week ago. Um, and their, uh, Pillsbury's comments were reported by ch uh, Chinese media. Transcript was uh, reported. And Mike Pillsbury um, made uh, uh, two major arguments. One was, in essence, he's embracing engagement uh, again. And this is the fundamental problem, Steve, you identified this deep problem of can we break the elite's desire to sustain engagement with the Chinese Communist Party, which basically funds them and keeps them in power. So the first argument he made was, in essence, an argument for engagement. He identified that a problem in the Sino-American relationship was a lack of communication. Uh, whenever I hear that, I, I think about Frederick the Great when he was asked about the province of Silesia. He was fighting wars with Maria Theresa of Austria. And he was asked whether that was a misunderstanding. And he said, no, it's not a misunderstanding. We both want the same thing, right? We both want Silesia and only one of us is gonna have it. So there's no misunderstanding with the, in the Sino-American Cold War. Uh, America is seeking to defend itself and its interests and the Chinese Communist Party is seeking to take it. Uh, and to dominate uh, in, in consequence. So he made the argument the problem is a lack of uh, communication. There were about 50 channels uh, he observed during the Trump administration that Trump shut down and that Biden only has was restored about five of those channels uh, of communication. That compels us to ask, well, why should we have any, right? It's not an issue of, of uh, communication. It's an issue of fundamental disagreements, an odious and tyrannical regime uh, fighting the United States and its allies. The second argument he made was uh, the one China principle um, was uh, one China policy um, used to be the foundation uh, of uh, Sino-American relations. And he was lamenting that um, the Trump administration skewed that uh, too far and Mike Pompeo specifically, uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, now out of office, uh, obviously, had made two trips to Taiwan and was seeking to or calling for recognition uh, of Taiwan, abandoning the one China policy. Uh, two points there. First, uh, the one China policy is often misunderstood. It was the, what the United States said in 1972 and afterwards is we acknowledge that China says, right, that the PRC says, uh, People's Republic of China, 
that they have a one chi uh, China principle. We acknowledge that, but we're not taking any type of issue uh, in response to that or regarding uh, that. The second uh, a point to make is um, fundamentally Pompeo is right. Uh, what we need to do uh, is recognize Taiwan and protect it uh, from the inevitable assault, uh, which is coming soon, probably quite soon, uh, from uh, the Chinese uh, Communist Party. Um, and that assault could be part of a larger campaign against Japan and the US, or it could be coupled with an attack against the Philippines, or it could be just against Taiwan uh, itself. And Americans need to remember why Taiwan matters. Taiwan matters economically because of chip production, right? It's a, it's a robust economy uh, that makes so many of the, of the computer chips that we use. Second, it's a key military and intelligence base uh, for the United States, should the US choose to use it as a military base. Thirdly, it's geostrategic position, right? It bottles up People's Republic of China's access to uh, the Pacific Ocean. And then lastly, because of political warfare, Taiwan shows what China might have been, what it could have been if the communists hadn't come to power. Uh, mainland China could be just as vibrant, could be a democracy, multi-party democracy, and the Chinese people could be as free as the Taiwanese people, which is why it's an ideological threat. Right. We talked uh, before about the vulnerabilities of the party, but a great vulnerability is also the success of Taiwan as a vibrant uh, democracy. So Pillsbury was making those points. I think those points are certainly uh, able to be contested, uh, and each of them should be uh, uh, contested in, um, uh, in, in any forum. People are free to make but, what but, they but, want. But, 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 but hang on, but hang on, but I want to go, this is, I mean, and I don't know why he's at Heritage, um, and using that as a uh, as a cover or whatever, he's in China. A fundamental tenet of President Trump's taking on the Chinese Communist Party was the understanding. And by the way, in Hong Kong, I think we blew it because we could have taken a tougher stand in Hong Kong when the CCP moved to basically consolidate Hong Kong. But Taiwan, it's always been the policy of the Trump from the very beginning. We took the phone call. Remember, we took in the transition, we took a phone call from the president of Taiwan, which freaked out the CCP and had uh, Tiger Yang and his guys fly over to see Jarrett, myself, Navarro, and General Flynn a couple days after that. We purposely took the phone call to send a message. There was a new strategic order that our focus was to take down the Chinese Communist Party. Not to, not to, not to, it's not about engagement, it's about confrontation. In that confrontation, a big part of that is a free and democratic Taiwan. So how does Michael Pillsbury over there questioning that we were to a central part? That is what a collaborationist does. Is he, is he a collaboration? He's always been, look, people, there's always been a lot of questions about Pillsbury and his loyalty. And it's documented. Uh, it, at key times in the Trump, and this is he was on Fox and he'd be on Tucker and he'd go in the Oval Office. But if you watch this guy closely like the China Hawks watch it closely. You see that this guy's playing both sides against the middle and maybe even playing more for their side by his own record. And this right here, particularly in what we're doing and with the election coming up, and I would argue maybe as important election, not as, I guess, the presidential election, but the second most important election of 2024 is going to be the one that happens in January in Taiwan, where they try to have, with it's CCP once again, try to use this Terry Guo and those guys to somehow have the Kuomintang take uh, take the presidency and then try to have a rapprochement with the CCP. How can Pillsbury be in Beijing right now in the middle of a beginning of a third world war where they've been at war with us on unrestricted warfare in years, taking the side of the CCP? That's a pure collaborationist. Is it not? Or am I missing something here? Dr. Bradley well, Thayer. He's going to have to speak for himself. I mean, this is a symptom of it. Mike Pilt, this is a symptom of the deeper problem, Steve, which is think tanks in D.C., media, our elite, as you well know, our business community, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Wall Street, are all tied to the engagement school of thought. And the idea that you can make the Chinese Communist Party a partner and you'll get rich together. 
the Chinese Communist Party uh, will essentially host manufacturing uh, from uh, U.S. Uh, uh, from the United States. Uh, and there's going to be uh, uh, untold millions of uh, billions of dollars to be made, as Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, Raimondo said, of course, right, we have to preserve that seven, over $700 billion relationship. So the engagement school has strategic thought in the United States uh, in a headlock, and that has to be broken. Uh, we need to identify the CCP is the enemy of the United States, and we should be doing everything we can to defeat it. Uh, it is the center of gravity, and it needs to be defeated. So individuals who are touting the advantages of engagement or the necessity of engagement uh, need to be questioned and actively questioned about, well, you know, what did you get from your engagement? You've been doing it for 40 years. And what has engagement gotten us? Well, it got China rich. Yeah. You moved China from about 1.6% of world gross domestic yeah. product in 1990 to about 19% of world gross domestic product. I you tell you what, Dr. Th Dr. Thayer, hang on for one second. We'll take a break. I'm going to hold you through the through the break on this uh, on this entire uh, situation. As Dr. Thayer says so succinctly. The CCP is the focus of evil in the modern world, full stop. Full stop. The focus of evil in the modern world. And any businessman, politician, think tank person that's in business with them, you are part of that evil. Got to call it like it is. Short break. Back in a moment. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. 
Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878 For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, Dr. Thayer, in this whole thing with Pillsbury, he's taken some shots at one of the greatest, most patriotic living Americans. That'd be Captain James Fresnel, United States Navy, who was head of uh, Intel, I think, for Pacific Fleet and 7th Fleet. He gave that monumental speech that essentially gave up his career. He would have been an admiral if, um, if, uh, if he hadn't warned America back in the Obama administration that the Chinese Communist Party was rolling and looking towards a military victory in the Pacific. Um, and, and Pillsbury, who's always been kind of a collaborationist, um, always a big supporter of engagement, particularly while he's over there talking smack with, uh, with the CCP, he, um, he's taken some shots at Captain Fennell. Can you describe, can you give me some particulars, sir? Well, uh, Jim Fennell is a dear friend of mine, and I think he's a, a, a great uh, American patriot who's been fighting the CCP his entire professional career since he came into the Navy. Uh, and then after uh, he left uh, the Navy, that struggle has continued. It, it consumes him day after day without let up, Steve. As you well know, day after day, Jim Fennell is fighting the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and it has cost him uh, immeasurably, uh, and because of his patriotism and because he truly identifies and understands the threat, uh, he keeps at it uh, without let-up, unceasingly. And uh, we need more uh, Jim Fennell. That's exactly uh, what we need uh, in, uh, in, in the future. There are very few, sadly, and we can count on the fingers of one hand or maybe two hands the number of individuals who are uh, in, that, uh, uh, in that camp. Too many folks are captured by the engagement school, Steve, as you well know. They're not Jim Fennell. Uh, they're not fighting the Chinese Communist Party, but they're seeing which way the wind blows uh, with respect to it and refusing to give up 
there's the, uh, the, the, the benefits of the engagement school. That has to end. We need think tanks in Washington that are focused on this threat uh, uh, without uh, variation, uh, like a laser, be focused on the center of gravity, uh, uh, which is the, uh, the CCP. That's what we need uh, at this time. And Jim Fennell, that great patriot, that great American, uh, is uh, attempting to do this. Um, and um, I proudly write with him and I proudly uh, uh, support him. I don't know really the nature of Mike Pillsbury's uh, posts on X. Uh, they seem to be a bit curious uh, to me, a little bit confusing uh, to me in terms of what actually is going on uh, 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 with them. And I don't know uh, the source of the animus uh, uh, certainly between them. The but source the of the animus. The source of the animus is simple. The source of the animus is is simple. Let me be blunt. Captain Fennell has forgotten more about the Chinese Communist Party and its strategy and uh, its plan to become a hegemon than Mike Pillsbury will ever know. Number one, and I'm sure that drives you nuts. Also, Pillsbury's hardcore American patriot that understands that the world is not free until Lao Beijing is free, and Lao Beijing is not free until we have the complete and total destruction and thrown into the dustbin of history, the Chinese Communist Party, of which Pillsbury's not just a buddy, maybe a partner. And he and, should come forward, and Heritage should, should come forward and talk about Pillsbury's. The BMB, in this time, when they are underwriting and in business with the Persians, we're being sucked into a Middle East war, one of the design, the design, the chief architect of this being the Chinese Communist Party, where you see their hands everywhere in this, um, particularly financially and strategically. Uh, it's not the time to be in Beijing being a collaborationist. Just not. It's a bad look. And that's why the animus uh, comes. Dr. Thayer, we got to bounce. Where do people go to get your social media and all your writings? Uh, Bradley Thayer at Getter or on Truth, uh, uh, Steve, and and um, uh, thank you uh, very much for calling attention uh, uh, to the uh, to this issue. I would just add that uh, Jim Fennell was a voice in the military when there were very few uh, actually uh, in the U.S. military who identified the Chinese Communist Party threat, uh, and so he's been on uh, unwavering. Jim Fennell risked his career. Jim Fennell showed you the type of character he has and the type of man he is. He put his career, he knew this would end his career. And there's very few people have loved the Navy like Jim Fennell loved the Navy. And he put, he knew he was going to end his career by doing this warning that had to happen because quite frankly, too many naval officers too many people in the Pentagon, too many people in the Obama administration in cahoots with the oligarchs on Wall Street and the tech tech oligarchs who are making money to, uh, hand over fist. Fennell was Cassandra. Fennell was the first kind of official technical warning, and he paid for it with his career. That's how much he believed in it. And Jim Fennell was right, and everything that's happened since then, Jim Fennell's been correct. And you go back and look at that speech he gave, I think, at the Naval Academy. He, he was. A, uh, he's a hero, but it's he not just loves the he just doesn't love the Navy, Steve. He loves America, uh, and that comes yeah. through every day. Uh, and uh, he knew what was happening, as you said. He tried to call attention to it, and he paid enormous costs uh, for it. Enormous costs. Um, Doctor Thayer, where do people get you? Uh, Getter at Bradley Thayer and Truth at Bradley Thayer uh, are great places to uh, to see me and CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. Uh, has uh, all of my writings. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you, bro thank you, brother. Let's go to Rome now and Ben Harnwell. Ben, you're about to become after you had this fight in the House. It was really about what you cover, but now it's going to be front burner because the firestorm that's about to hit us, folks, with Mitch McConnell and these collaborationists that collaborate with the illegitimate Biden regime in the Senate, about to hit us for full force with uh, Mike Johnson and the folks in the House, as Johnson is adamant about bifurcating the Ukraine part from the Israel part of uh, any funding that would take place. Ben, just get us up to speed on Ukraine, because you never really got much information out of there. 
But now it's like totally suppressed, and all you're hearing about is the winter is here, the winter, the spring offense is over because of the bad roads. Um, did the did did, did Zelensky's guys take any real territory? I know they're outside of Bakhmut again, where they lost what fifteen thousand troops um, over a strategic hamlet, a strategic crossroad. They're they're fighting back over there. But is it true that the Russians have taken back? I don't know half of the ground they gave up. It's it's very confusing to get. It's like Orwell. Um, uh, said in homage to Pat, you know, was it the Patagonia that he couldn't, you couldn't tell had, everything that came out of the Spanish Civil War on both sides was a lie. Ben Harnwell. That's a, that's a very good summary of the situation, Steve. I'm not there in Ukraine, and therefore I'm very hesitant to 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 base my opinion on sources of information that I know without any any doubt whatsoever have been lying to us from the beginning so that's that's difficult i have the same view actually as as i do to israel as ukraine i don't when it comes to to military advances or retreats i'm not trusting anything anyone is saying on either side um simply because it's too unreliable and we know as i repeat repeat myself here we know the sort of our, our mainstream media are lying to us about what's going on over there in both in both cases in both wars because for different reasons, or perhaps really for the same reason, um, fundamentally, which is that they are stooges of the military-industrial complex. They just want war because war is profitable for those who own the means of production. Um, so, yeah, I mean, up, up in the, there is talks, there is talk in, in Ukraine. You know, it's like the tide coming in, tide coming out uh, about marginal gains on both sides. But really, it, it's all the, the other factor, Steve, in having a, an accurate grasp on what's going on in Ukraine is because the sources of information as unreliable and misleading and deceptive as they are, they are drying up because um, attention is, is being switched rather uh, violently to, the, uh, to the, the new shiny thing, which is Israel. So that, that compounds the difficulty of, of knowing the truth of the situation. But there is something I would like to talk about. You mentioned McConnell, McConnell now and, and, and the Senate. And, and the new speaker's insistence that, that, that Ukraine and Israel are considered separately. I, I, I'll open a very quick bracket and repeat what I said last time on the show and also on Getter. Um, my own personal opinion on this, and I'm going to carry on with just neutral analysis. Uh, I'm opposed to the West, um, in both cases, Ukraine and Israel. I'm totally opposed uh, to financial or military support in, in either case. With Ukraine, same thing as Israel. Close brackets. Why? Oh, why? 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 Why are you? Why are you? Why are you? I understand the bifurcation. I understand we got to get the border settled first. But particularly if Mike Johnson is committed to, and there's been a huge fight all afternoon to do this, he's going to get an offset. So there's no more adding to the deficit. There's no more borrowing money. He's going to do dollar for dollar cuts in other budget areas, particularly USAID and others, to get to the 14 billion. Why do you oppose that? I've heard so many promises to the American people. I, I say this constantly. I'm not American. I don't live in America. I don't have any intentional plans to go and live, live in America. But I have seen so many assurances to Americans that budget, that, that spending commitments will be met on dollar for dollar basis uh, and it won't add to the debt. It never comes to pass. I, tr- you know, I, I like what I see of this new speaker, but fundamentally at this point, America has a debt crisis, which is an existential crisis. Forgive me, Steve, if I say I will believe this when I see it. Um, and we also don't know because, of course, the uh, con- Congress can draft its spending bills, but it needs the, the, the president to sign them. And the presidential veto, implicit or in- explicit, can concentrate minds. Um, and, of course, we're not dealing with, with, with uh, MAGA Mike Johnson here and what he wants. We're dealing with MAGA Mike versus the Uniparty, which is the capacity of, of, the, of, of the rump of the GOP with the rump of, of the Democrats to just shaft American interests and continue funding their favorite, their favorite pastimes. Um, so look, forgive me, I will believe it when I see it. Up until now, however, look, with regards to Israel, I, I'll say this, you know, we just saw less than a, less than a month before Hamas invaded Israel, we saw uh, the world watched, didn't say anything, didn't have any headlines. We saw an exercise of Azerbaijan um, ethnically cleanse uh, Nagorno-Karabakh of, of over 100,000 ethnic Armenians. Nobody said anything, right? Nothing. Uh, no Secretary General of the UN, no Ursula 
von der Leyen, nothing. Just, just everyone just stood by and watched it happen. Um, Israel will probably have to do what it needs to do um, to protect its own national security and its integrity, right? What I think, however, given the dynamics of leading towards Third World War with, with a nuclear component, Israel would temper its actions if it didn't have the world's largest military power, largest military power behind its back, saying, "Look, we've got you here. You do not, you do what you need to do, and we'll stand by it." It will certainly is that going to be lost? Yeah. Is is how's this playing out in Europe? What what concerns me is here the 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 and the progressive uh, the progressive element in this country has brought this on this. I mean, you've got these college campuses are out of control right now. Some of the threats on Jewish students are it's, it's pretty hard to believe. They threatened to slash their throats at Cornell the other day. Uh, the Cooper and these are super liberal schools. The Cooper Union they had some Jewish kids caught in the library that if the door had given way. I think these kids have been torn apart right there in the library on, on video camera. Um, and it's getting worse. I mean, with the Brooklyn bridge was taken over over the weekend, this Palestinian uh, student group was a combination of Antifa, black lives matter. All these radical groups is metastasizing every day here in the United States. You're seeing fights in streets of Chicago. It's it's got, in Europe. I'm seeing the same thing. How is this? How is the Gaza situation playing out in the capitals of Europe? Steve, this is like a really important thing um, here. On the one hand, you have the rump studentry, which is now has been increasingly woke. Um, look, I want to cite here an article, if Memphis would very kindly put it up. Um, this is the second article I sent through. It's headlined, Democrats splinter over Israel as the young and diverse left rages at Biden. This is an analysis how what you're talking about here, that the, the young generation, um, it's basically a woke monster, Frankenstein's monster that the left have created and have fed and which is now out of control. Um, I will post that link uh, on, on, on my Getter feed. People should read it um, because it's not coming from it's not coming from a, 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 sov a sovereignty or populist source. Uh, it's just recognizing a reality that the left now, the Biden um, and his support is splitting right down the middle. Here's my answer to what you've said, Steve, right? And it's the same for the United States as it is for Europe. We are now seeing, right, you know, probably wouldn't have been able to say this without being called crazy two months ago, six weeks ago, but we are now seeing that the policy, the left's policy of importing masses of people with fundamentally different values and belief structures into the West for votes as a cynical opportunity because they're bringing people in who are going to vote for them that has had, what we're seeing now, a national um, security dimension to it. That's the immigration from the third world has domestically here in the West, a national security dimension to it. We need to have that conversation at some point, Steve, because if I've, as I said, I did say before starting, I'm against the West supporting um, Israel on this. That said, that said, if the democratically elected government thinks that it is necessary to support Israel, um, pacify Hamas in the Gaza Strip. If that is the, the, the democratically elected government's choice. Yeah. What, we, we're, what yeah. we are seeing now is that, um, that, that foreign policy is being manipulated explicitly yeah. because of people that the left have brought in to its territories. We need to have this hey. conversation. It's an issue of national security. Uh, ben, we got to bounce. Uh, how to get to your social media? We're going to have you on every day this week because this uh, this is going to heat up a major battle in the House, and not just that a, a very important strategic battle. We got to cut off the Ukraine situation now, um, and and go and get our, some of our money back that they stole. Uh, where do people get you, sir? Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, on the net the newsletter exclusively, which people can can register for on warroom dot org. They can get me on Bannon's War Room, at Bannon's War Room, which is a fantastic channel on Rumble. Great comments there, great commentary on, on, on the articles there. And, of course, on the Getter platform's best profile. You know, it has every story. You just look, go onto that profile. It's at Steve Bannon. Go onto that profile in the morning, and every article, right, there's like 20 or so articles posted on that. Those articles together will tell you everything you need to know that day. 
Um, and I'm honoured to be reposted by you, Steve, on, on that profile. So, th so those are the three primary Thank points of, of keeping up with me. You've got, you've got incredible, uh, incredible engagement. Thanks, Ben. Uh, to even make this better, we got the Grace Chong now from her star turn on the Tim Pool show. You know, it's impossible for us to book Grace. But, but as soon as they give her a primetime spot on Tim Pool, she's up there front and center. Grace Chung now joins us. Grace, uh, talk to me about the app is on fire. I want people to know everybody that mans the ramparts, Grace, because she's always putting the Warren Posse first, came up with a developer and got an app to make your life, to make you even a better weapon. Uh, Grace, where do they go? What do they do with the app? So the app is called Bill Blaster. You can go to billblasterapp.org or find it in the Apple Store. It's not available on Android yet, but will be coming out soon. But this was created for the posse. We ask you guys, this is all about action, action, action. You guys, we ask you guys to call, and you you guys did, and now we're just making it so much easier for you. We always, it's all about the war room posse. We all, we've already rattled their cages. We make, we made changes in the house and just imagine a hundred thousand of the posse members calling on the fly all at once, you know, where to anybody, it just makes it so much easier. And I'm just so happy that this is available now and we're going to come out with more features, more upgrades and I, just so excited because I know that the posse, I've already gotten probably now over a thousand emails, comments, messages about how great it is and how everyone's going to use it. So I'm just like, you know, see, this is something that is just the posse is going to use and, and really, really, yeah. really even make more changes and um, make, really rattle all their cages. No. Save our co country real quickly. Uh, w where, where do they go again, Grace, to get this? So you can go to Bill blasterapp.org or you can find it in the apple store and also warroom.org and also i want i need to uh, we have our new warroom merch go to shopwarroom.com and use posse 20 for 20 percent off wow not too shabby <laughs> a lot, Chung, a lot thanks. Going the, on. the queen of the the queen of the she's very she only got 30 jobs here at the war room grace thank you girl see you tomorrow morning I think we're going to get her and Mo on here for a more detailed walkthrough. Billy Joe Shaver. Get thee behind me, Satan. Best way to end a Monday. See you back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the War Room. that were in me had turned me wrong side out I knew inside my soul I was a headed straight for hell but I couldn't pour my life figure how to help myself and I said get deep behind me sin for I commanded in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth See my love.